What's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Academics Podcast. I'm your host, Justin D. Barnett. In this episode, I'm talking with Jada Hill. While scrolling through my Instagram one day, I came across this page called The Ad Hustler. What sparked my interest was the bio, which read, Bringing Visibility to BIPOC Advertising Professionals. It caught my eye because although I don't advertise that as much here on Academics, that's actually an underlying theme for the selection of guests that I choose on the show. So I did my research and discovered the person behind the page, Jada Hill. Jada is currently a junior brand planner at Kramer Krassel. If there's one thing that I admire about an individual, it's their work ethic. And Jada obviously has a serious one. We'll discuss her career thus far, as well as her platform in this discussion. Here it is. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today's guest is Jada Hill. Jada, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. No problem. No problem. Uh, Before we get into the discussion, I just want to say thank you for all that you're doing for the industry as a whole, you know, we need more people like you who are willing to invest their time and their energy into making change or into making the change that we want and need. Um, what you're doing at, at such a young age and, uh, and you know, early on in your career uh, with so much on your plate is admirable. So, yeah, thank you. Of course, literally it's like an honor, honestly, because I just know like being in the industry and being through programs like MAPE and Most Promising, they always teach about like the reach back approach and about how people have always reached back to you and pull you up. And so it's my responsibility to honestly do the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, let, let's let's jump into it. Let's start with, can you give the listeners a, a brief uh, self-introduction of who you are and what you do? Yeah. So as Justin said, my name is Jada Hill. I am a University of Georgia graduate, go dogs. I am born and raised in the Atlanta, Georgia area, but really where I'm from is within the metro Atlanta area. So I will just say Atlanta, Georgia for you all, you all listeners. Um, within University of Georgia, I study advertising with a minor in sports management with a certificate in new media. I am a MAPE 20 alum and a most promising multicultural student 20 alum as well. And outside of my nine assists, I also run the Ad Hustler as well. And I'm currently finishing up my master's as of today. We're recording this today will be my last day ever doing stuff for my master's program. Amazing. Okay. Congratulations on the master's program. That's huge. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. You just said a lot and we have to go back and unpack. You said so many things I want to talk about. You talked about MAPE and about school and about where you are now. Earlier on, you mentioned uh, you were part of MAPE. So like, what has your journey been like um, up until this point? I know you interned at a couple of places. So yeah, what, what has what has your journey been like? Yeah. So once I graduated from University of Georgia, I was selected as a MAPE intern and I was very excited about doing MAPE because MAPE was a program I heard about when I was a freshman, actually in college, going into my sophomore year, um, a lady at Fiston Co., who was an account manager, she just got done presenting at a program that I was an intern for, for called American Advertising Federation at Camp at Camp Atlanta. That was the first time they were ever doing a program like this in Atlanta. And it exposes BIPOC high school students to advertising. But even though I was in college, that was my crash course in advertising as well, too. And after I saw this account manager from Fisco give a give a whole presentation about 
um, account management. I was so enthralled by her whole presentation. I went up after her to talk to her, network with her. Me being like shy of like 19, I like was still not the networker I am right now. So like the very beginning stages of networking. And so she actually told me about MAPE. And she was saying that was the program that gave her her start. And how like at the time when MAPE, when she didn't make they were actually still paying for people to like have their flights and their room and board like paid for but now of course that is totally different just because of the size the program has had has duple in and how many more agencies want to be a part of it but that was my first board that I made and like that moment kind of changed my life because basically I kept holding on to that idea like I'm going to do make I'm going to do make and typically, most people do make their summer between their junior and senior year. But I decided to be different. I decided to study abroad because so many people regret not studying abroad in college. And I just didn't want to be those one of those people. And I had the opportunity to go to Cannes Lions, which, is, as most people know, is our Grammys of our industry. And so instead of interning for the summer, I decided to learn from the best of the best in advertising. And I do not regret it at all. Like, that was one of the best experiences I ever had. I'm very looking forward to the day I get to go back to Kansas Lions because it was just such an amazing experience. And after experience, and definitely plays a lot of my part in how I got so many of my internships because I can really speak highly about the experience. And a lot of people very value the fact that I decided to do that and learn from the best of the best instead of doing like the traditional route and get another internship. Mm-hmm. And so with make due to COVID, sadly, our internship was canceled. So it was very like heartbroken at first because I worked so hard to be a, be a part of MAPE to get the internship. I really thought I had it set, to be honest, because I was really chilling my last two months before COVID hit after I got my MAPE offer because I was fortunate enough to meet the two people who selected me for my internship. I was really selected with O&D for meeting, buying, and planning. And when I was at Most Promising, um, I actually got a chance to meet them. And they were even like, oh, you graduate this year, right? I was like, yeah, I graduated in May. They're like, okay, cool. So, yeah, we're definitely going to be looking at full-time opportunities for you. And I was like, oh, I got it made right now. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to be chilling for the rest of this. It was basically like how in high school, when you have senior itis, the moment you realize what college you're going to go to, that was me like, oh. I know what's about to happen for me. I'm big chilling. I'm not, as far as my campaigns class, not going to put that much work in. in, in <laughs> but, of course, COVID happened. The approach had to be changed. The approach had to be shipped. And I really had to figure out what exactly I wanted to do with my life because I didn't have this internship anymore. I didn't have the full-time opportunity that I was granted. And certainly because with the industry, it got hit so hard because of COVID. It was very a scary time to graduate because you're like, we don't know how fast jobs want to start back again. We don't know what's about to happen, really. And so that at mo- that moment, I decided that I wanted to go to grad school. And it was not a rushed decision because I always wanted to go to grad school. I told the idea of going to VCU, but it was kind of like, well, I will be paying to move anyway. It's not the same. So what's something I could do in state of Georgia? And that's how I end up in my current program right now as I'm getting a master's of science in marketing. As I didn't want another degree in advertising, I wanted something different that was going to add on to my degree 
in advertising. But at the same time, when I after I made a decision and paid the deposit, that's when I got a life changing call from Media Arts Lab mm-hmm. because I was networking a lot since I lost my internship, and I reconnected with a recruiter, Monica. If you're listening to this, because I'm going to send you this link. Love you. you. Know how much I owe you my life, but um. I always kept in touch with Monica, and especially when COVID happened, I reached back after her because I was networking with a lot of strategists, and I knew that I needed to network with recruiters instead because they're actually the ones who look at my resume first before they even send it to, like, the strategy department. And so when I reconnected with Monica... We and her had a 30-minute conversation. Uh, I never told her I needed a job. I never told her I wanted to work at Media Arts Lab. She just told me at the end of our conversation, hey, let's talk in two weeks. And I was like, okay, cool. We can talk in two weeks. And when those two weeks came, that's when she get told me after doing, like, the pleasantries at first about how was your two weeks, what do you did, like, what's going on right now. That's when she was saying that, basically, me, our slabs, was expanding their residency program because due to COVID, they are now allowing two more interns to join the group. And not only did they want just two more interns, they wanted black interns because I did not know at the time that she just got promoted to be like the head of DNI at Media Arts Lab. Mm-hmm. And she was secretly advocating in my room. And I think that's the first thing I ever learned that people are always advocating for you, even when you don't realize they're advocating for you, actually. And so she was on my behalf advocating for me to be a part of this program. And she was able to call me and tell me like hey you don't have to apply like we already want we already want you so that was like a major blessing in disguise at that at that moment and so I've been very blessed to have that opportunity at Media Arts Lab where I was placed with the interactive strategist which is just another word for a social media strategist and we worked on YouTube which was perfect for me because I love YouTube so I was able to do something that I love Every single day as I went to my job, especially just learning more about like how social media strategy work, definitely learning about brand strategy because my time at Media Arts Lab was like undergrad 2.0 because I feel like a lot of time in schools, they don't cover every aspect of advertising when you're advertising programs. So that's where the value of internships come into because you get that hands-on experience and truly like to see what is it like in the field that you are in. And also, if you can't get an internship, definitely recommend shadowing days. That's what I did with one of my mentors. I did a shadowing day with her. And basically, I was able to see the things that I learned in my class really align with what she does at her work on every single daily basis. And once I got done with Media Media Arts Lab, that's how I ended up at Media Hub. So, Jada, you are a junior brand planner at Kramer Crassel. So tell me a little bit about what um, you're going to be doing in that junior brand planner role. Yeah, so for my junior brand planner role, I'll be doing a lot of traditional junior strategist work. So I'll be working alongside the planning director and the chief strategy officer because it's a very small team as they're doing some restructuring. So that's why I was able to get hired at this agency. And so I'll be doing a lot of like quantitative and qualitative research, pulling together creative briefs. One reason, like, they wanted to hire me because I have a lot of background knowledge in Gen Z, and they definitely want me to bring more of that expertise to the different projects that we're working we're working on. Also, I will be touching new business as well, which I'm very excited about because so many people talk about how cool new business is. Yeah, definitely. So, and also, I I just noticed that we're speaking in the future tense. So, 
let, let's talk about what your your process was, um, you know, or what the journey was getting this this particular role. I know you were um, at Media Hub prior, um, but and then you just made the the jump and also switched departments. So, you know, what what led you to this? Like, what what was it like? Yeah. So when I left TBWA, um, I was a strategy res- res- resident, as I said earlier. And I was looking for a junior strategy role. It's just that when I was look at a time looking for jobs, there was just no junior strategy roles open. And the two that I was entering for, uh, one was for to be an intern again, which I really didn't want to do because I just got done being an intern. And then the other one, I really just didn't mesh well with the person who had been my manager since I knew it was a small team. Like me meshing well with my manager is a very important thing. And so really that left me with the option that if I wanted to be at AAE or AMP. And as I was going through like the Emory process, Mini Hub just happened to call first. And I was kind of hesitant. I was kind of like, it's my first offer. Like, should I even go with my first offer? And then I knew I wanted to be a strategist. So I was talking over with other people to see what their thoughts were. And a lot of people told me that, especially my friends who are already assistant media planners, they're like, you're not taking a step back from strategy. You're really taking a step forward. And that really gave me a lot of encouragement and advice. So I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's see. Like, let's give it a try, honestly. Especially because like the client was the MBA, which was a client I really admired. And allowed me the opportunity to combine my major in college, which was advertising, with my minor in sports management together in one job. And so I joined Media Hub back in January. So I enjoyed being AMP probably for like the first three months. I really did enjoy the job I was doing, what I was doing. But I feel like once our campaign came back out in May, I feel like that's when I noticed a shift. Because I was kind of like, oh, wow, the campaign is so cool. That came out during playoffs. And I was like, man, I'm wishing I was a part of creating that campaign. Because with media, what a lot of people don't realize is that you're kind of really on, like, a, your own isolated, like, area of the room. Like, everybody that works on the campaign is on one side. And media really is on a whole different side. And basically, people are just delivering the final campaign to you all and saying, okay, here's the campaign go implement media for it. And I just didn't want to do that personally. I want to actually be at the other side of the room, the people who are putting together that campaign, actually coming up together with the reason like why we're doing a campaign that we're doing. And really, I just want to get back to my strategy roots of really being that creative storyteller, being that creative problem solver, figuring out what's the angle we're telling the story to relate to our consumers. And so that's what I really wanted to do and drove me back to doing it. And so luckily at the time when I decided to take that leap of faith, because I actually wasn't planning to take the leap of faith very early. I was planning to wait till like October, which is very ironic because that's two months from now as we're recording this but like my original plan was like October I'll start looking for jobs but then like in May I was kind of like huh like why wait in October when I'm already feeling the way I'm feeling and the reason why I was into October because I just personally just didn't want my lead in the show oh I only worked for this company for five months like I was still kind of stuck in that old school nuance about like you need to be in a job for six months before you know you look for something look for something else and so I was kind of hesitant but you know I really took a big like swing of faith because I was literally like 
you know, I'm already feeling the way I'm feeling. Why what y'all told her, to be honest, especially with our generation just doing so many different things that our parents' generation would never done with a job. And so I feel like that was very like comforting for me. Like I can take this, this leap. So yeah, I was very lucky to get a get interviews. I was first interview first for AAE roles, but then like I saw a swing of things type turn differently as more strategy roles were becoming available. So I even like I got an offer to be an AAE at an agency and I was gonna take it, but then I saw a junior brand strategy role had opened up at our sister's agency and I was kinda like, oh my gosh, I have to go for it. And so I went through the process to be an internal candidate. And then when I got to the interview, so the night before I was prepping, I was like practicing my answers. I was researching the client, everything you do before an interview, I was doing the night before. And so then when I got to the interview for the junior brand strategy role, the um, interviewer who was also, she started as an AMP. So I thought she will have sympathy. She will know where I'm coming from and we can bond over it. So I was very excited to talk to her about that. So when I got the interview, we did our pleasantries and then she asked me two questions. And then after my two questions, she went in and tried to tell me that, I think it's best that you continue being an AMP for the rest of the year because it will make you a stronger strategy candidate and basically go on and give me kind of like unwanted feedback because I was not really in a place to receive feedback. And so I was very, you know, I'll put it because this is an interview and I'm kind of like, how is this an interview? But you're telling me that I should be an AMP and go now why I should be an A&P, and she even knew that I was disappointed, because she's like, I know you're disappointed right now, but I promise you, it's going to make you so much better at the end of it, and I was just crushed, to be honest, because I felt at that time that I was very lost, essentially, because so many people was telling me to be, still be a planner, they're like, being a planner is the best, you learn so much things, like, you should do it, there's more diversity in it, and I was just not seeing how the grass is greener on the other side. Like, I was very, at that point, very miserable, very anxious every single time I went into work. And I just didn't want to keep feeling the way I was feeling. And so I had my moment of, like, sadness that day. And then the next week, went back on the grind for more for more interviews. And so luckily, the process took me essentially two months for me to find my new my my current role and I will say definitely out of this whole situation it probably had made me more mentally strong to be honest because that was a lot of mental like mentalness I was going through the whole entire process mentalness I don't even know that's a word but you all know what I'm saying like basically I was in my head a lot especially if people are trying to keep you in this one box saying you only could be a planner when I knew that I was destined for like bigger and greater things to be on outside of being a planner and really just like I'm a Christian. So I was really trusting God on all of this, to be honest. I knew that he had even bigger plans for me and like I had to trust and believe and luckily it all worked out on perfect timing. I love that. I love that, you know, you chose to, instead of listening to the naysayers, you were like, you know what, I'm just going to follow my gut and follow my heart and, go for it. And I mean, you proved yourself right by landing this role. So that's super dope. Congratulations. Thank Um, you. Yeah, yeah, I know it's very hard to like with the naysayers, because the thing is people I were going to about my situation with people I trusted who were 
I kind of saw them in like more of like a mentorship like um role in my life and like trusting and see like what is their advice and that's where majority of people were saying that you know you should continue being a planner like the only person who told me not to continue being a planner was my main mentor I had since I was in college who works in media as well too and she's kind of like you get the gist of a job of the job really in five months and like if you don't like it you shouldn't continue like pursuing it and all so definitely I know it's kind of hard when you're young in the, in the industry and like people are giving you this advice and you kind of feel like obligated that you need to take their advice mm-hmm. and you're not obligated to take their advice like you can hear I think it's important to hear from all sides of the picture so you can get all perspectives of it but I still feel like you have to do what's best for you at the end of the day and not for others yeah I totally agree I totally agree and it's it's that's a lesson that, that I also had to learn and that I continue to learn every day. It's just like, at the end of the day, no matter what people say, like only you know what's best for you. So you can, you can listen to advice, but take it with a grain of salt. And, you know, everyone doesn't come from the same background you come from or the same situation or have the same mindset. So they can't really tell you what to do. And as you said, like, there's a whole new generation of thinkers and workers that are, that are in the field today. And, you know, what's been done traditionally is not necessarily what's going to be done tomorrow. So. You know, I, I applaud you for for following your your heart and, and doing doing it the, doing it your way, making your own path. Um, it. Yeah. So, I mean, you went from a big agency to a small one, right? Kramer is is a very much a small agency. So, you know, what what was what is it about Kramer that that made you want to you know switch it up like that? Yeah, they are actually a small independent agency. So I'm going from a big holding company to a small independent agency. So that's a major change. For them, what stood out for me was, honestly, in my interview, they were genuinely excited to meet me, which I think is very rare in interviews. I think in my whole entire process, it's very ironic that the two places that gave me offers, because I was very blessed to receive two offers in the same day, but the two places that gave me offers were the two places that were the most excited to talk to me, honestly. And like with Kramer, there were no, um, there were no, they were, they were the same way. They were very excited to talk to me. Like, the chief strategy officer, she didn't even interview me for the first 15 minutes of our 30-minute interviews. Like, she already seen my resume. I was very proactive, and I sent work, which was a tip that I got from a strategist I was talking to, that I sent, like, my prior work to them, to the recruiter, after I chatted with the recruiter, for them to see along as they were reviewing to see if they wanted to interview or not. So she already saw my work and she was already very impressed. And we just talked about Georgia for the first 15 minutes because her family fell in love with the, with the state and they got a house in Atlanta. And then that's when she interviewed me. And then my, my, my new manager, she came up afterwards and interviewed me. But the main thing about them was that they wanted me to feel comfortable. Like they wanted me to feel very sure that if this was the right choice for me because they're like we are asking you to basically relocate thousands of miles so we want you to be 110 percent confident in the choice that you're making and that really have that welcoming opening door like you can ask any question about the job about chicago because we want to make sure this is the right fit for you which is something i really have not seen in an interview process and even more so when the recruiter um, talked to me, to gave me all my information about the interview. She even sent over practice interview questions. I was like, wait, what? You're actually 
helping me prepare for the interview like this, which is something I think more recruiters should really do with like kind of seeing, you know, practice interview questions just to get the candidate can have an idea of what the um, interview is going to be about. Cause a lot of times, you know, you go in and you're kind of like, I don't know what they're going to say outside of the typical, you know, why you want to work here and like, why this role, maybe why this account. But the fact that she was like, they were really was guiding me and made me feel very welcome and excited and overall very comfortable because I feel like for me, the team that I was looking for to be a part of was a team that I felt like was going to comfort me, a team that will not comfort me, a team that was going to have me make sure I was comfortable and supporting in the environment that I was in, truly make sure I was thriving at the end of the day. And I really got that from them and that made the choice very easy for me to do. I kind of want to jump into another subject, which is how you got on my radar in the first place. Um, what first caught my attention was a platform that you actually started on top of all that you're doing. You started a platform called the Ad Hustler. And I would love for you to kind of give an introduction of what the Ad Hustler is and, and what your goal is with that. Yeah, so I started the Ad Hustler last year, July 27. I know the date now because we celebrated our one year anniversary two days ago, but um, the ad hustle is a, it was ideal I had in my head for a, for a good minute because on Instagram, I see a lot of black people in the spaces of being a nurse, being a doctor, being a lawyer, and I follow those pages. And I think these pages are really amazing at what they do because it's kind of like showing somebody that looks like you doing a profession that is very predominantly white, typically. And when I was looking at these pages, like, there's cool, but you're not in the field that I want to be. I want to be in advertising. I want to be in marketing. And there really wasn't a lot of Black people in the industry on Instagram kind of showing you what their day-to-day life looked like for someone in the industry, providing tips, like giving out advice. And so as most of my friends know about me, that if I see a if I see an opportunity or see a problem that hasn't been solved, I'm going to go out and solve it myself. And that how the ad hustler got got born. It was really due to the support of not only my friends, but also my May 20 family, because I told them about the idea first and they all supported it. They were like, oh my gosh, like this is a great idea. Like we definitely need something about that. And just hearing their encouraging words about it made me really, really decide, like, yeah, we need this. We need a platform like this. And when I started the platform, I knew that not only I wanted to be, I knew that. I was the face of the platform, but I didn't want to be the only person that the people saw on the platform. So that's why I started where all the BIPOCs Wednesdays, because I knew that I had so many dope friends in advertising who are BIPOCs due to being programs like MAPE and Most Promising that I'm like, I have to highlight them. Like they do amazing things their own too. They give amazing advice during different disciplines, strategy and media. So like, I want to bring my account friends on there, my production friends, copywriters, art directors, all of them. And so like really having an opportunity to bring them on and allowing followers to make connections with each other, allowing followers to ask questions for different people on different life fields. And even for me, I enjoy seeing what my friends do on a day-to-day basis on Honestly, because it's really interesting seeing like somebody's day in a life because I love day in a life videos on YouTube and that's how I really imagined when I was doing the series about it was more like a day in a life series and definitely outside of where all we're on a BIPOC Wednesday definitely that's where I try to incorporate in my stories I showing a day in a life of like a mid of a media planner I try to explain like different things that are going on on my day to day I try to explain like different like tools and concepts that we're going on 
things I think that are very interesting. If I have email anxiety, I love talking about that because that is a true thing. I'm very convinced, honestly. And just overall, just promote community, promote overall BIPOC visibility and advertising. I feel like that's the main thing, too, is that they, a lot of times, when people are younger than you, they may not see people that look like them doing what they want to do or even, like, they didn't know, like, this was even possible for somebody that looked like them. So, overall, like, bringing that visibility to life is what thrives me. Yeah, yeah. And something that I kind of want to zero in on that that you're talking about, um, you know, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are students. They're they're looking to get into the industry or they're, you know, like entry-level talent trying to figure out exactly what they want to do after their internship or the place that they're at now. And um, the, the the thing that stands out to, to me about you, which also reminds me of myself, is our side projects and, and being focused on networking more so than school or or other things and the power of that. And I'm wondering if you can kind of talk about how this creating this platform has benefited you. I know we've talked kind of before our interview, but you know, if you can kind of expand on how doing this has helped you in your career. Yeah, I would definitely say how does that help me with career? I think it gave me the opportunity to connect with other people really like you, Justin, because I feel like if I didn't have this platform, I wouldn't be talking to you right now and like have another connection that I now have. I definitely wouldn't not have the opportunity that Natalie Kim knows my name and we have talked before and everything all because she has come to me about different things about my advice about my generation viewpoint of advertising which is a very cool um, cool um, point and really it's kind of like people are like looking to me for like advice and really about having not a great like different situations like what to say to a recruiter how to say thank you no what should you say and a follow-up follow-up email LinkedIn especially like LinkedIn because my friends called me the LinkedIn queen I never gave myself that term it was my friends and people in college that gave me my t- gave me that term but like even especially like LinkedIn like giving advice about how to go about creating the perfect um profile that give people like vis- visibility overall and like overall more exposure to different like disciplines and advertising advertising it just truly have been a blessing because you told me a year ago when I first started the page all the opportunities I've been able to do like be on um be on like different um, podcasts I'm about to be on a panel very very soon in the future so like these different opportunities when I first started you I wouldn't believe you because I was just doing it for myself because I just didn't see somebody that looked like me doing advertising advertisement and within a year we just have turned into a community and I just it really inspires me to keep going keep pushing finding new ways what I can do to better serve the followers that follow me because I want them to feel inspired in the day I want them to feel seen and heard at the end of the day and know that like whatever you set your mindset to, it is possible in this industry. And that like, if you ever face a no, it's not a no. It really just means that's opportunity. Okay. You just mentioned that you have a panel coming up and I know through following you on social that, that you just did something called um, life after internships, which I think was really dope. Um, what, what exactly was life after internships? Yeah. So I started doing panels because that was the next way to take the community aspect even higher and actually like connecting all of us on a virtual platform and for us to hear from people in the industry or who just now just get into the industry. And so the one I just was hosting was live after internship. I had it with a few other people in my make class. Uh, I had a variety of people from different disciplines, different agencies, and most importantly, like different years, because I feel like with the internship experience, you need to hear about it from people who decided to do one more internship 
post college because a lot of times people are in that debate like do I do an internship do I do full time and so that opportunity a lot of people especially who are juniors to hear that um advice about like well this is why I chose to do another internship or this is why I chose to do a full-time job after graduating and really get that uh, advice because I know we're in the midst of internship season it's July. Internships are about to end really next week. People are really trying to figure out what their next steps are going to be. If you're just graduating, are you trying to get a full-time role at the company you're currently working for? Are you trying to, to do something entirely different different with your, with your career? If you're a junior, um, how do you stay connected with the recruiters and people you have talked to and met through this internship experience and really guiding like what your senior is going to look like trying to find a job if you decided to go down that route? So we really, I the purpose of the panel for me would make sure that the attendees got all their questions asked. Like I didn't mind stopping the questions that I already created. I want to make sure that each and every person at that panel got their questions asked because I don't want them to feel lost or they feel like unprepared for what the next season of their life is going to look like. Yeah, love that. Love that. So for people who didn't get a chance to catch that and are now listening, is there a way that they can go back and watch that panel? Yes, they, you can follow me first at the at, at the ad hustler, which is basically at sign on Instagram, the ad hustler, and you can DM me and I can email you that link. Definitely. I'd encourage everyone to do exactly that. Um, okay. So outside of work, well, you know, are there any like publications or media outlets that you tune into that kind of help you stay up to date with current events within the industry? Yeah, I would definitely say two come to my mind automatically. Um, I just found this great resource called After School. It's a newsletter. I'm not exactly sure who's the girl that started it, but she's doing phenomenal work. So if she's listening, you're doing great. But After School basically is a newsletter that's curated, talking about different things and different trends that have emerged from Generation Z. Um, they talk about some of the topics they had talked about in the past weeks have been like fast fashion, talking about how, how hard seltzers are taking over the beer industry, talking about Addison Ray, her, she's got to have a reboot. So like different things. So it's very pop culture, but also very informal at the same time too, to keep you up to date. Um, so that's more on like the fun side of advertising and then more on like the more like businessy side, truly going like industry twin trends. I do, uh, follow ad week. Um, um, I get their newsletters every single day, so I take make sure I take the time out of my day to like, really see what's going on in the industry as a whole because I always make sure that I keep in track on what's the trends going on, what other agencies are doing, what shifts are happening, and I feel like Ad Week is such a great publication, and they cover all of that, especially when they do their creative 100 list every single year i feel like definitely is a great uh opportunity to really see what people are doing and like get kind of inspired honestly from the people at at age that at week sorry not at age but at at week who go about and like inspiring other people and who knows like maybe like you end up on the list one end up on the list one day and that just gets you from inspired and more motivated to like do better so usually I end my interviews asking guests to look back and give their, their younger self some advice. But I feel like you're very fresh in your career, very early in your career. So I want to kind of switch that up. And I want to ask you, you know, where do you see yourself down the line? Let's say five, 10 years down the line. Like what's, if, if, if everything played out perfectly in your head, um, you know, what's your career goal? 
Yeah, I feel like that's the big question a lot of times that what what I'm going to do five to 10 years down the road. Uh, it's funny because last year during COVID, because I'm such a planner, I decided that I to forego my five and 10 year plans because I'm like, I'm really going to take this every year by year because with COVID, it's just disrupted everything. So I don't know if I had the same five and 10 year plan that I did before COVID. Um, what I would say, it changes every single day to be very frank and honest. I feel like as I'm growing, learning in this industry, being exposed to different career opportunities. It really do changes on what I ultimately see myself doing at the end of the day. I know that life for me, like my next step is honestly like I do want to pivot into strategy and get more in terms of strategic planning planning role actually and all because I'm ready to return to the roots that have a strategy. So I that would be really nice in five years that I truly am like a strategy director somewhere. More importantly, it would be really cool and I'm like a cultural strategy director because Shout out to Pilar. I got another person I got sent this um, interview to at Mullen Love. She does really cool work as a a cultural strategy director. So I think it would be really awesome to see more agencies take on cultural strategy as a role there. Um, But even 10 years, as I always tell people, I'm going to be a recruiter, honestly. I decided like this year that I have helped so many people get roles by connecting them to the right people or giving them an introduction that I really enjoy that aspect. I'm like, hey, when I'm like seriously done wanting to like be a part of the creative process, be a part of impacting the work that I can definitely see myself being a recruiter actually and really start making those connections and really like, you know, helping college students out when they're first getting into the industry on figuring out what exactly they want to do and make sure they set up success for in their internships, turn those into like entry-level entry-level worlds. So I think that would be a really cool thing that I could see myself doing, honestly, in 10 years. And on top of that, I was just my mom. I'm currently 23. Sometimes I forget that because I feel like I'm already 24, but won't be 24 till December. That I would say, oh, when I'm like, 35-ish, almost 40, I'll go and become an adjacent professor somewhere because later down the line, once I'm like done with my time in the industry, I would love to go back and teach because one of my professors, she wants me to get a PhD and I keep telling her that's not going to happen because I'm already traumatized by my master's experience and you only need a master's to teach. But I really want to be an adjacent professor because I feel like it's so important in an industry like this that you're still in it in a way. You're still fresh. You're still like doing the work because I feel like that's just overall impact your students experience as well. And I feel like they can even like have a trust with you is easier more to like, Oh, she's been in this, been in the industry. Oh no, she's in the industry. Like I can trust what she's saying. I could definitely build a relationship with her and like want to lean and learn from her and all. So I could definitely see myself doing that in the next, 10 years and seeing like what can I do to get myself ready for that because there's just not a lot of black professors in advertising personally I have my choice I would love to do it at an HBCU because I suppose more HBCU students to advertising but I'm more than happy to go back to my alma mater UGA and do it myself too you can't you can't see me now but I've been nodding my head yes this entire answer I love that um, I love your your ambitions and your goals honestly it's it's quite refreshing I've really enjoyed this conversation um, I am inspired by you after, after hearing this. So I, you know, I can't wait to watch what you're doing in, in your career. Um, one thing I can say to you is just keep going. You're on the right track. You're doing awesome. 
Um, I'm sure you'll be a force to reckon with in this industry for years to come. And um, thank you so much for doing this podcast, Jada. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's really been an honor. Thank you. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you want to keep up with us outside of these podcasts, make sure you follow us on Instagram. That's at Academics, A-D-C-A-D-E-M-I-C-S. You can also email academicspodcast at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. Thank you. Class dismissed.